Everyone knows the Wisconsin State Journal is a liberal rag. The editorial board there, they've endorsed Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Tammy Baldwin, and Tony Evers. And that's not to mention all of the progressive Dane socialists they've endorsed on the county board or the city council. The State Journal editorial board, they are pro-immigration, pro-gay rights, pro-transgender rights, pro-abortion. They whine about gerrymandering. They want to decriminalize marijuana, and they want to take our guns away with more gun control. Phil, you got to be kidding me. The State Journal, especially its editorial board, is a right-wing mouthpiece for the Koch brothers. They endorsed Mitt Romney for president, George Bush, Scott Walker for governor. They were in love with Paul Ryan. They're deficit hawks, free traders. They love charter schools. They want to bring merit pay to unions. They favored nuclear energy and that power line that's going to ruin southwestern Wisconsin. They're pro-business people that whine about property taxes. (laughs) (laughs) And not only that, they want cops in schools. Oh, my God. So what is it, Scott? Is the state journal editorial board, are we right-wing radicals or left-wing radicals? It seems like readers want us to be one or the other when they call in and are concerned with an editorial or a three-word headline or God something. God forbid an editorial cartoon. <laughs> that they don't like, they don't agree with, and they assume that, well, then the paper's all this way or all that way. Because, you know, a lot of today's political climate is that. you got to be one way or the other. But, hey, here on Center Stage with Milford and Hands, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the sensible center of Wisconsin politics. You said sensible. We're not one or the other, Phil. We, we go into it pragmatically and try to think about what's best for Madison and the state. And we're going to talk about the State Journal's biases, particularly our biases on the editorial board on today's Center Stage. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the political cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. We are half of the State Journal editorial board. The better looking half. So what got me thinking about this topic, Phil, today... Let's go to the phones. Yes. Is it... And and this is not unusual that I would get complaints from somebody on the left saying the State Journal is way too far right or someone on the right way too far left. But last week, I actually got two voicemail messages in a row, one of them saying one thing and one the other. So I'm going to play a little bit of that. Sounds good. Voice. Call received 2-16 p.m. Tuesday, August 27th. Um, I uh, find it astonishing that editorially you don't criticize Ron Johnson at all for not standing up to Trump. I think by doing so, you enable him. And I think it's very unfortunate that you essentially have become a Trump apologist. And uh, I don't understand why. Boy, you know, it's... It is a shame we never, ever criticize Trump in our newspaper. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that's all we do. And I have never <laughs> drawn a cartoon made, that made the president look like a clown or a fool or insulted his intelligence or his human decency. You have drawn Trump every which way to lampoon him because he's very lampoonable. It's hard for me to imagine how anybody could read the newspaper and think that we are Trump apologists. Nonetheless, here's the second message. This came in the very next morning. It was the very next message on my voicemail. 
This guy thinks that we're crazy lefties. Voice call received 11.38 a.m. Wednesday, August 28th. Yes, uh, <clears throat> the reason I'm calling is I uh, just want to voice my opinion. I have uh, been a subscriber for 60 years to the uh, State Journal, and I've seen it deteriorate. It's gone down, 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 down. Uh, I, I'm an independent voter, and it's just strictly a left-wing uh, Democratic paper it's anti-military, anti-police. Uh, it's, uh, it's just, uh, it's just uh, very disappointing. By the way, Phil, he also went after you specifically. Me? What yeah. did I do? You slanted. <laughs> Phil Hans, uh, he's, uh, uh, his cartoons are so slanted. Uh, I, I want an independent paper. That's sort of a classic misunderstanding of the opinion page, isn't it? You and I work for the opinion page. It is biased. It is slanted. Yes. That's the whole point of the opinion page. Yes, my cartoons are definitely slanted. That is a fair he, he, criticism. He is absolutely <laughs> right about he's that. He's 100% right. Now, uh, probably what he's trying to get at is why are you always going against Trump or against, I guess, any cause that isn't liberal. And my question is, why is Trump always doing dumb things? <laughs> First of all, I think there was at least one pro-Trump cartoon you did out of probably 200 so I've far. I've done a pro-Trump cartoon. I've also uh, done a lot of cartoons making fun of Madison's loony left, too. Yeah, that's I mean, true. Yeah. What a lot of people who think the State Journal is one way or the other, they tend to blur the front page news and the reporters who are covering the facts with you and me and the editorial board on the opinion page offering a very biased opinion. That's right. And I think lately a lot of our opinions in recent years have been critical of Republicans. I think that's mostly because Republicans have been running everything. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard. Until I mean, what, Tony Evers got elected. What was the point of criticizing Democrats who had minorities in, in both houses of the of our state legislature and in the, both houses of Congress at the same time? But on the other hand, some Madison City Council members would say, oh, sure, conservative state journal always is going after the Madison City Council. Oh, yeah, well, they deserve it, too. <laughs> like we just were criticizing them on in our last uh, podcast, for example. We were criticizing the Madison City Council that for was not— so, That was so liberal, they can't accept affordable housing. How often do you think you get calls like this? I seem to get them a lot, where uh, it, it's somebody—they've they've seen one thing in the paper. Maybe it's a Phil Hands cartoon, or maybe it's not even our opinion. It's like a letter to the editor that we published that we don't even agree with, but sometimes people will— assume that, oh, well, because we put that view in the paper, we agree with it. Yeah, I will get people who will get very critical of letters to the editor, especially, you know, I'll run up a letter to the editor that supports Trump or in some way, you know, is supportive of the president. I'll have people call me up and say, how can you put this in the newspaper? People will think it's true. And like, it's the opinion page. We're here yeah. to share people's opinions. And a lot of people will counter. They'll say, well, fine, let them have their opinions, but they're not entitled to their own facts. Uh, in their letters to the editor. But you're very careful, and so am I, when I'm reading the letters to make sure that they don't have facts that are wrong. That's right. I mean, if you say Donald Trump doesn't know what he's doing in the Middle East... That's an opinion. That's an opinion. 
if you say Donald Trump has invaded Syria and he hasn't. That's a fact. That's a fact and we'll take it out. Yeah. Some people don't like our columnists and they fixate on, say, Leonard Pitts. They think that he's too liberal. Um, but then forgetting that we have Mark Thiessen, who literally wrote the book on Scott Walker. Wrote the book on Walker. That's right. <laughs> he, he did. He wrote... Uh, Unintimidated. Unintimidated. One governor's struggle to be amazing. One governor's struggle to be amazing. Your voiceover uh, voice isn't as good as mine. Sorry, Scott. It's and the then, allergies. So we have a, lots of different columnists... Across the spectrum. I mean, on the left, besides Leonard Pitts, who is is not always predictable, but I would say generally he's pretty liberal. With a Christian streak in him. And he's kind of a rock and roller or soul man. I don't know what you call it. He, he, was, a, <laughs> he was a music critic for a long time for the Miami Herald before he became a columnist. Yeah. That's not a typical path to becoming a political columnist. Uh, although, hey, I was the entertainment editor at the Badger Herald. Yeah. Maybe it is the path. That is the path. Yeah. To being an award-winning opinion writer is to, <laughs> is to start off with doing mediocre music reviews. <laughs> Not that yours are mediocre. I was talking about Leonard uh, Pitts. Think, yes. Thank you. Thank you. But you got – so let's say Leonard Pitts on the left. Who else do we have uh, who we run regularly in the paper and online? On the left. Who would I say is on the left we run Cynthia regularly? Cynthia Tucker. Cynthia Tucker. We don't run her very often. Not a lot. Um I guess a lot of people would say that we, Esther Cepeda would be on the left, but she is... She'll surprise you once in a while. Yeah, she's not super... I mean, she's an educator, and sh- so educators... Latina. She's Latina. Teacher and, in suburban Chicago. Yeah. So she's very much scared about ICE and scared about the, what the demonization of Latinos in our society nowadays, which would be on a left wing. But yeah. she's also written a lot of columns about the things that our education system is doing wrong and the things that teachers unions are doing wrong, which does not play into the liberal playbook. And then we have somebody like Kathleen Parker, who used to be considered a conservative other than I think she was pro-choice and often reasonable and pragmatic. But now we have a lot of conservatives who are like, why do you run that liberal Kathleen Parker? Because, like, basically every conservative writer in the country, she doesn't like Trump. Yeah. Why? Because Trump's really not a conservative. No, he's not. I mean, Jonah Goldberg's the best example of that. Yeah, where, you oh, know, yeah. You know, he was, he's, we run him almost every Wednesday. And and he's a conservative guy. He, he's a, he would call I mean, himself a true conservative. He's an editor at National Review. And he cannot stand Donald Trump. You know, because he thinks Donald Trump is a dangerous demagogue and not conservative. And that's part of what's going on here, too, is that just things are different with Trump. Like at the intro, I mentioned, oh, the state conservative state journals free trade. Well, yeah, the Republican Party used to be free trade under Trump. They've launched a tariff war that Republicans would have recoil that if they weren't afraid of Trump, who's now their leader. And of course, on the flip side of that, now all the Democrats are are unabashed free traders. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mark Pocan, Madison's progressive uh, congressman, one of the furthest left in Congress, he's been against free trade pretty much his whole career. Until now. Yeah. Now he's like, oh, Trump's screwing it up. I think there's also a generational tone sometimes to the to how people think the state journal is or should be like in those two messages the second guy who thinks we're super liberal said he's been subscribing for what did he say 60 60 years 60 years and i'm assuming he didn't have a subscription at birth so he's been around a while yeah i mean 60 years ago we were we we had just endorsed uh um joseph mccarthy for senate so that was technically 80 some years ago (laughs) phil uh 
But right. And I think I've often heard people say, well, the State Journal used to be this conservative paper. Well, I guess so. I mean, I think we were a more maybe consistently Republican mainline Chamber of Commerce editorial board in the 50s. And the 60s and the 70s. But we were also... But a lot of Madison was, too. A lot of Wisconsin was. But, you know, we we came out as an editorial board pro-abortion rights pretty early on. When was that, Scott, that that happened? That's been about 20, 30 years ago. And prior to that, we were ahead of the Democrats and the Republicans on birth control. Oh, yeah. This is a very Catholic city. um, But I think back in the day, the Catholic Church had a lot more influence and power and say in the greater Madison area than it does now. And it probably did amongst Democrats in the greater Madison area, because the the Democratic Party has always sort of been affiliated with the Catholic Church to a greater extent than the Republican Party has been until recently. Warren Knowles, a Republican governor back in the 60s, his wife was pushing for allowing legal birth control. Yeah. And we were right there with her. Yeah. You know, if you want to go way back in time, we were... A Whig newspaper that eventually kind of became the Republican paper, and it was anti-slavery. And we were pro-frontier town because that's what we were. The paper began in 1839, for goodness sakes. Eventually, we became a progressive paper and endorsed La Follette for most of his career until he had a falling out with our editor and because he didn't support World War One. Yeah. But then we did have, after Woodrow Wilson, we had a long period of endorsing only Republican presidents till like Bill Clinton. Was Bill Clinton the first Democrat the State Journal endorsed since? From Woodrow Wilson to Bill Clinton. So, yeah, people who think of us as a Republican paper are basing that off of some sort of facts and evidence. There's that era. Now, yeah. if you go from that point on and look at presidential races or gubernatorial races, it's pretty split. It has been pretty and split, I, And yeah. we've mostly picked the winners, whether it's Jim Doyle or Tommy Thompson or not Hillary Clinton, <laughs> Bill Clinton. Barack Obama uh, once, George, but not twice. <laughs> George Bush. But I think the editorial board, particularly since you and I have been on it, I've been on it a little longer than you, about 15 plus years, we have tended to lean left on social issues and tended to lean right on fiscal issues. But there again, you know, we just criticized Donald Trump for blowing up deficits. By blowing up, I mean bigger. I don't mean getting rid of them. Yeah. Which is the exact opposite of what he said he was going to do. So then I was getting calls like, oh, all you guys do is rip on Trump. Why didn't you ever care about the deficit when Obama was doing it? And we sure did. And we did. That's the thing. Yeah. Why don't you go, oh, sure, you guys are for a nonpartisan redistricting. Why didn't you say anything when the Democrats were in control? We We did. did. Yeah. Oh, sure, you guys are for open records and you're ripping on Robin Voss. Why didn't you say anything when Democrat John Erpenbach was trying to hide a bunch of emails? We We did. did. Sometimes it's just a snapshot in time that people are upset about something. And I think, you know, while we are, I I would say, socially liberal, because we are, you know, pro-gay marriage, pro-transgender rights, pro-abortion rights, some of those socialists, we've we've been on the right side of history for a long time and we'll continue to be on the right side of history, I think. Mm. 
but we'd like to have less deficit spending. We'd like lower taxes and less government if possible and have people have more control over their own lives. But at the same time, I think the biggest thing that separates us from being a party mouthpiece is that we're looking for pragmatic solutions to actual problems. You know, so much of politics is is deciding what problems align with your philosophy. And our job, and we see our job is like, what are the problems and then how do you fix it? And that's not how most political entities go after a problem. No, most political entities, including both major political parties, it's like, what's best for our side? What is our side saying on this? Let's get behind that. Yeah. Even if the Democrats or the Republicans are now saying the exact opposite of what they were saying just a year ago. That's right. And it seems like that's become more of a thing. There's been more party discipline, I think, and the whole primarying members of your party has really become a thing. I mean, the, the you know, where, where, where you run to the left of the Democratic incumbent and beat them like Ocasio-Cortez just did. Yeah. Or you run to the right and beat the conservative Republican. You run to the right of him like Representative Bratt did to Eric Cantor. But yeah, I mean, there used to be a time where they're in like, especially in the Northeast, you know, not of Wisconsin, but the country, you, there'd be liberal Republicans that were, you know, country club Republicans who were pro-choice and pro-environment, but wanted lower taxes. And down in the South, you'd have, I hate to say it, but blatantly racist Democrats who were, you know, very Christian, pro-life people, but they were still part of the Democratic Party. And those two groups have sort of disappeared. I would say we're probably in the vein of those Northeastern Republicans. You know, we, we, we'd like lower taxes and limited government limited government. But, you know, when it comes to government telling people what to do, we consider, you know, the bedroom and, and how you, you know, choose to get your medicine as things the government doesn't have anything to deal with. I like to think that I've got a libertarian streak. I think a lot of people are attracted to the libertarian motto of let people do what they want to do as long as they're not hurting anybody else. And I, I like libertarians too, but I like roads and public schools as well. <laughs> yeah. I remember after uh, Ed Thompson had run as a libertarian for governor, he did very well as far as third party candidates went. Well, anyway, because of his stature and what he had done, he moderated the candidates for president for the Libertarian Party. And there was a debate down at the state capitol. And I went down to the debate to check it out. And I thought, hey, I've really got a libertarian streak in me. This will be interesting. Yeah. I was like, these guys are nuts. <laughs> yeah. They want no public schools. They had taken it to an extreme about no government. They're oh, probably I, into their guns a lot, too. Like, you and I aren't yeah. gun guys, which probably limits our ability to, to, for, to, to fit in with that crowd. Because we like to think that we're in the sensible center, which means we're socially liberal and fiscally conservative. But that's actually a pretty small minority of people that call themselves independents. Like, the vast majority of independents are actually fiscally liberal and socially conservative, which means they like to have more more funding for government programs like welfare or social security, but they also want, you know, to control people's lives like being, you know, pro-life or, or, or you know, uh, opposed to gay marriage and, and pro-gun. That's disappointing. But uh, <laughs> what I fixate on sometimes is the high percentage of independents in Wisconsin. In the latest Marquette poll, for example, that just came out this week, 46 percent of respondents statewide described themselves as independent. 28 percent said they were Democrats. 26% said they were Republicans. So based on that, 
you and I and the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board, we are in the majority. The only catch to that is of that 46% who say they're independent, most of them still acknowledge leaning towards one party or the other. Hey, if you want to go someplace to reinforce your predetermined political viewpoints, the State Journal editorial page is not the place for you. (laughs) It's true. We want open-minded people who are interested in having their ideas challenged or presenting with new concepts or solutions to to difficult situations. But if you just want to hear the talking points of your given party, don't read our newspaper. A lot of people in liberal Madison ask me, why do you run Mark Thiessen? He's the guy that wrote the Scott Walker book. And what I tell them is we run him because it's healthy for liberal Madison to hear some viewpoints that challenge Madison's assumptions. And the same goes for more rural conservative voters who don't like a columnist such as Dana Milbank. They might learn something from him. We like diversity. Right. Unless you're conservative, then we like competition. (laughs) So take your pick. Either way, you're going to see lots of things that are different, including, Phil, you're the letters editor. Yep. You put together the letters to the editor. So you go out of your way to pick one's that disagree with our editorial board's view, do you not? I love that. That's my favorite letter to the editor is something that takes what we've said, either in your editorial or my cartoon, and criticizes it. That's that's the guaranteed way to get your letter into the newspaper, is to criticize either the editorial or an editorial cartoon. Now, since the around 1900, the paper separated its opinions from the news. Yeah. In the 1800s, it was all kind of glommed up together. And a lot of papers were a paper that tended to support one party or the other. Around 1900, that sort of split, and papers started having an editorial page, and then the news was in the rest of it. So they wanted to have just straight news, facts, by the reporters, and then sure, we'll weigh into our community and our state on the back page there. Yeah. And some people, I think, still struggle with that and confuse those two. And just in the last, you know, month or two, it's almost been a weekly thing where somebody somewhere is objecting to a headline in the paper. Yeah, and we have nothing to do with any of the headlines in the newspaper that are outside of the editorial page. Right. We don't meddle with the news desk at all. And We barely talk to the news desk. <laughs> they, the only interaction we have with the news desk is when they come drink our coffee not our (laughs) kool-aid our coffee (laughs) all of the music on our podcast is by tube tester to subscribe to the digital version of the wisconsin state journal and madison.com type into your computer or device madison.com slash subscribe now you can get three months of unlimited access without getting any of those pop-up surveys for just three bucks. Yep, three months for just three bucks. Madison.com slash subscribe now. You'll be supporting more than 40 journalists in our state journal newsroom and many more across the region with our sister papers. You can find past episodes of Center Stage with Milford and Hands at go.madison.com slash center stage.